1: Apparently, it's football week here on Talk of Champions, and it certainly doesn't stop on this Thursday, though I have a special guest, Michael Thompson. You know Michael, Ole Miss Deputy AD for External Relations and Business Development. Let's talk about game day. How is the university going about improving the game day experience and a bunch of other stuff that I know you, the Ole Miss fan, as you head to Baldwin-Hemingway Stadium this fall, are interested in. Also, Nate Gabler is the guest co-host, and of course, we talk more fall camp but also that 2020 Ole Miss football schedule that was released on Wednesday. But before we get into it, let me tell you about Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, one of many proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. If you're in the market for a new car, there is no better time to buy at Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. Not only do they now have in stock the 2020 Jeep Gladiator, which is half Wrangler, half truck. It's the perfect car for me. But also 20% off select Ram trucks. And I know, I know, no one really loves the car buying process. I'm with you. It can be overwhelming. You're just looking for the best deal. Well, Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford is here for you. And what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford is Brian and Mason and the rest of the staff aim to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. Tell them Talk a Champion sent you. Maybe that'll help when you buy that 2020 Jeep Gladiator, that 4x4 four four truck you've been looking for. 20% off right now select Ram trucks. Contact them today at 662 234 8000. You can stop by and see them at 2201 East University Avenue in Oxford. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels, let's be friends. And now it's Talk of Champions. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. Is that, is that, is that, is that, is that? Once again, it's Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. Today's guest co-host is Nate Gabler. He covers Ole Miss and local preps for the Oxford Eagle. And today's guest is Michael Thompson, Deputy Ole Miss AD for External Relations and Business Development. But first, it's Nate. You have never been on this podcast before, Nate, but you're here now. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, Ben. Good to be on. Ole Miss fall camp practices roll on. You've been out there every single day braving that heat. How's it going out there?
0: <laughs> Dude, there was a weird amount of dragonflies out there today. Like, I don't really what? know what It was weird. There's just like 100, 200 dragonflies on the field. No explanation. No one knows what's happening.
1: That's weird. You never see that in fall camp. Maybe that's an ominous sign for things to come. Maybe it's a good sign. I don't know. I don't know what dragonflies mean. But what I do know is Ole Miss football is well into its first full week of fall camp. What's your biggest takeaway right now? What are you saying?
0: I think one of the bigger things to me is just how fast everything moves. Uh, I mean, we kind of knew that coming in with, with Rich Rod and how he's done things in the past. But these guys are going to be in shape come Memphis. I don't think there will be fourth quarter lulls. There's a lot of different things, and we don't get to see the entire practice, obviously. But it's, it's moving fast, and I think they're installing things at a pretty advanced rate. Something
1: that was interesting to me was Matt Krause said recently – that he expects this offense to be more efficient than last year's offense. And that, for many, will sound crazy considering they return the least amount of starters on offense. But I can see where he's coming from. A lot of that has to do with the inefficiency of Phil Longo's system with the personnel that he had in front of him. So yeah, you lose AJ, you lose DK, Jordan Tiamu, Pretty much the entire offensive line Save for Alex Givens and Ben Brown But Alex Givens is on the shelf with the back injury Do you see the offense clicking
0: right now? Because it's all about Matt Corral And that group and Scotty Phillips Can you see some chemistry being built? I mean, it's all it's all about that chemistry, really It's, I mean, yeah, you lose AJ and DK and Demarcus But Matt didn't play that much with these guys So Matt's kind of been practicing with these guys For a little bit, you think But, I mean, it's, it's all about I mean, Matt, they say he's They're throwing every day. I asked uh, Braylon and Elijah when we were just there at Media Day this past week, like, what do you guys do when you hang out just like not football? And they're like, we don't really do a lot of not football. Like Matt will call them over at 10 o'clock at night, and they think they're going to, I don't know, play video games or Madden or whatever, and they're watching film. Whatever is happening, they're at least working on that chemistry a lot. That's something that I've completely bought into, and I'm not one of those
1: people – that cares all that much about things that you can't quantify. But when you're a quarterback, it's similar to Chad Kelly. Chad Kelly had an obsession with film, and he had an obsession with being a really good quarterback. You need your quarterback to take that ownership, and I buy that Matt Corral has taken ownership of this team. He's a redshirt freshman, the only underclassman to go to SEC Media Days and represent a school. He handled that well. He's equipped himself well. For a group that is young across the board offensively, matt corral has spearheaded the effort to be a leader and
0: that's something that you need he's got to be that guy doesn't he yeah it's weird because like he is a redshirt freshman but at and he's started four games or no no he's played in four games and it seems like he's almost the veteran on this team with just as many young guys as they are obviously the veterans are actually the guys on the offensive line for the offense but it seems like he really is taking those reins
1: Now, when I look at the offense, the concern is the offensive line. Alex Givens, he went yesterday to get an MRI in Jackson to check up on things. It looks like the same prognosis availability for Memphis. It's up in the air. What have you seen from the offensive line in practices to give you confidence that they'll be able to hold up against a pretty good opponent?
0: The three practices we've seen now, the offensive line, the first team offensive line is exactly the same. No turnover, no different pieces in it. and It is Michael Howard there in the right tackle spot and replace a Givens. I mean, we don't really see them going up against the first team defense. We have no idea how Michael Howard is performing, but everyone seems optimistic about it. Obviously, you want Alex Givens there in the Liberty Bowl in a few weeks, but that might not be the case. We didn't get an update on that MRI today. Maybe it hasn't happened yet, but we don't know what Michael Howard is yet and what Ole Miss has with him, but he is the answer right now at right tackle as, as long as Givens is gone.
1: Defensively, Encouraging signs, worry positions. What what
0: are you looking at defensively? Where can they go from last year? (laughs) They're not not getting any worse. I think it was, if you look at like those advanced numbers, they were 120 out of 130 last year. There's no real room for regression. Anything different and new is good. I mean, you look at those, the new additions, like Sam Williams is going to be a guy that has to be good for Ole Miss. Just his ability to get pressure on the quarterback from, I mean, he's playing primarily an outside linebacker position right now. The kid comes over from a Juco school, part of that 2019 class. I think he's, a real pivotal part. Like how much can you get out of Sam Williams? Is he that same guy that you thought he was coming out of Juco ranks?
1: It seems like from everything I've gathered that he's equipped himself pretty well though, that he's not one of those Juco's that has come in and is swimming mentally. Same with Lakia Henry to a point. Now he's running with the third team, but Lakia and Sam were recruited and signed to not sit. It's the whole Wayne Dorsey, Enrique Davis, you name it, Juco prep school. When you've got some experience You're signed to play. There's no waiting around for you. If you're not playing right now, Damian Jackson, another one. If you're not playing right now, there's no use for you. Am I wrong there? Sam Williams feels like he's ahead of the curve. A lot of that has to do with being
0: here in spring, but he's got a leg up. This is not a typical Juco situation. We've gotten very little like actual look at the first team defense, but Sam Williams has been on the first team both of the days that they've showed it out that outside linebacker position. Lakia has not. Lakia like was not even a second teamer today. He was on the third team. It's been Momo and Willie Hibbler at those inside linebacker positions. But I mean, maybe Lakia is just it's moving early. slowly. Maybe he'll be there. Who knows? But he's not there now, for what it's worth. So who knows?
1: You had an update yesterday on the backup quarterback competition. We talked about that at length on Tuesday. If you had to handicap it, who are you
0: giving it to right now? I think it. I mean, handicap wise, it's probably Tisdale. He was the guy that was here in the spring. Grant Tisdale, the freshman out of uh, Allen, Texas. He was the dual threat recruit. I mean, we know Rich Rod likes that kind of quarterback from his days at Arizona and going back to West Virginia. It's who he likes. He's the guy taking the reps with the twos. I've also really been impressed with uh, Plumley, John Rice Plumley, out of Hattiesburg. I think he just throws the ball a lot better than maybe even I expected, recruited as an athlete. But those two, to me, seem like they have a little bit of an edge over Kincaid Dent. Whether or not Rich Rod sees it the same way, who knows?
1: My whole deal with John Rice Plumley is this. And I said this on Tuesday, but it bears repeating because you're the guest co-host sure. today, so whatever. Grant Tisdale was here in the spring, but they signed three in that class. If Ole Miss was completely sold and bought in on Grant Tisdale being the future at that position behind Matt Corral... You don't go sign two more. And I think Rich Rod handpicked John Rice Pumley. It wasn't just about adding the stars and adding an in-state player. For what this scheme is now, a more run-heavy variation of the spread, John Rice Plumley fits that better. So I think, yeah, if I had a handicap it today, Grant Tisdale would be the backup quarterback. But if John Rice Pumley continues to show strides and outperform Grant to an extent – They would like for him to be that backup quarterback.
0: I very, very much agree with that. I mean, John Rice hasn't been here that long. This is all new to him. His first day of practice was Friday, this past Friday. So, I mean, the fact that he's already kind of in reps wise moved ahead of Kincaid says a lot. I think his skill set works really well with this offense. The pocket is very rarely the pocket they're moving it constantly and just his ability to get out on the edge and make those throws has been really impressive
1: I'm glad you brought up the constant motion of the pocket this offense in general is moving constantly and that's something that's music to the ears of Ole Miss fans for example I think it was a couple of days ago that Matt Luke mentioned the potential of getting all of his running backs on the field together Jerrion Ealy in the slot maybe Isaiah Willard whoever along with Scotty Phillips on the field as well running some jet sweeps And that's something that Ole Miss fans have been calling for for so long. That's what you see out of this offense. It never stays static. Rich Rodriguez, unlike Phil Longo, can easily adjust and fit his offense around his personnel. It's the Dan Mullen and Joe Moorhead problem for Mississippi State. Dan Mullen could adapt. Joe Moorhead can't. At least he hasn't proven he can so far. Phil Longo couldn't. His offense was his offense. Here are our plays. We've got 24 of them. Different route combinations depending on what... The defense is giving us. There's also a run attachment to every single pass, but this is what we run. With Rich Rod, he can fit his offense to match the personnel that he has, and that's a huge advantage for Ole Miss that will need any advantage it can get considering all that it lost. So I think Ole Miss can be better or at least more efficient, as Matt Corral said earlier this week, despite significant personnel losses like A.J. Brown and Z.K., Jordan Tiamond, like I mentioned.
0: Yeah, it's been fun Fun to watch, man. Honestly, like on Wednesday, they had – there was a few reps that they did where they had, it was 10 personnel. So you have four receivers on the field, one running back. And they had Elijah Moore and Tylen Knight on the, in the slot on the same side. And it was just a sweep to Tyler Knight. And it's one of those things that it's just like, it's not incredibly complex of a play. But just having those two playmakers on the field at the same time, him and, or Tylen Knight and Elijah Moore, it's just been fun to watch, really.
1: My deal with Tyler Knight is I don't know what he is yet. I think they put him at running back last year just because they needed it. If he's a do-it-all player like a Dexter McCluster, not saying he's going to be Dexter. That's a generational player was Dexter, second-round pick of the Chiefs. Comparing every smallish offensive player that comes in, like Corvick Neat, for example, to the next Dexter McCluster, (laughs) let's just stop that nonsense. But Tylan can give them something, and I think that of all the players in the spring, the one that impressed me the most with what he offered and what he could do on the field was Tylan. Not that he uh, is strictly going to be a slot receiver or strictly be a running back. They're going to move him all over. you got to get that guy the ball in his hands. I think he could go play defense tomorrow and be pretty good. But offensively, he gives you a different dynamic. When he touches the ball, he can break away. And that's been something with him and Elijah that you've seen, like you mentioned in practice, with 10 personnel to where that's a threat. That can challenge... Defenses, And that's the difference between Rich Rod and Phil Longo. Phil Longo had a system, chasing grass. This is what we do. These are our plays. But with Rich Rod, if Tyler Knight can help, if Elijah Moore can
0: help, his offense is adaptable. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that you mentioned going back to Phil because Phil, it was just being finding that space, chasing that grass. And now it's finding ways to get the guys with the ball in their hands with the space in front of them. So just giving guys the ball so that they can make the plays after the catch and it's, I mean, it's Elijah Moore, it's Tyler Knight, and Jerion Ely fits into that conversation well, too. It's, we don't entirely know how Jerion's going to be used as a running back, but we know the main goal is just to get him with the ball where he can make plays in space. The last
1: time Ole Miss signed such a highly ranked five-star player out of high school, I think it was Laramie. When Laramie stepped on campus his first day, you knew immediately that dude is one of the best players on the field. That is a surefire NFL player. What is your early perception
0: of Jerion? Jerion has not worked with the first team yet. So, I mean, what does that mean? It probably just means Nothing. that he's showed up and he's been at a handful of practices and he's still learning the offense. He's a dynamic receiver. He is taking a lot of reps as well as a punt returner, which kind of Ooh. just fits as well into that they want to get Jeriony lead the ball in space. Where's more space on on the punt return? That could be fun. When's the it's last different. time
1: Ole Miss had a good punt returner? Hell, I can't even remember that
0: one. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah,
1: my but, God. Probably have to go back to Jesse Grandy,
0: maybe? Not Corving Neat. You compared him to Laramie, it's it's, it's a lot harder. Like, physically, you look at those young offensive linemen, and usually they're not there. When I mean, you have a guy like Laramie show up, and he looks like a grown-ass man already, it's it's a little different. You know he's going to be ready. Jerry on... He looks the part as well, and it's been, it'll has been. it be fun to see him kind of progress as fall camp unfolds. What about Matt Corral's accuracy? Is it there? Most of the time. I mean, Matt, Matt has been really good in practice, but, I mean, there are times just with any other young quarterback where he's putting the ball a little behind a receiver on a slant or he just misses, overthrows a guy on, like, a long throw where the pocket's rolling. He hasn't been perfect, but I think he's been good enough, pretty good.
1: That's going to be the thing, right? Early on, of course. how accurate can you be? We all know the arm talent is real. He's got one of the best arms in the SEC, but accuracy, we don't know what that is yet.
0: For what it's worth, and a lot of these numbers came last year against ULM, just quickly pulled up Matt's numbers in his four games that he played. He was 16 of 22 for 73%. That's good. That's really good. I mean, it's a wildly limited sample size. And yeah, I mean, as much as we want to talk about the backup quarterbacks and jerry on ely and matt's got to be good playmakers. yeah if matt's not good none of it matters if matt's not good it's going to be an ugly season and none of it's going to matter what those other guys are
1: we're going to talk about the 2020 schedule in just a little bit if you sure. haven't already subscribed right review talk of champions and itunes i'm ben garrett at spirit been on twitter he's nate gabler what's your twitter handle
0: n g a b l e r 4 n gabler 4 we got to fix that yeah it's not great it's not great
1: It's not great. But he covers Ole Miss and preps for the Oxford (laughs) Eagle. He's been out at practice every single day. Subscribe, break, review, talk of champions in iTunes. Go to the Ole Miss Spirit, Spirit omspirit.com, an affiliate of 247 Sports. Check out Nate's stuff in the Oxford Eagle as well as online. And when you do leave a review for Talk of Champions wherever you get your podcast, make it a five-star review. You could say Ben smells like butt, but as long as it's five stars, I don't care. Just make it a five-star review. Going now to Michael Thompson, Ole Miss Deputy AD for External Relations and Business Development, He joins us on the Modern Woodman phone line. The podcast brought to you by Thomas Chandler, your Modern Woodman representative. It wasn't so long ago, I'm talking a couple of months, where financially I needed some help. Not that I was struggling, but getting my finances in order, organizing my money, so that I'm in the best position for retirement, preparing for college for my kids, and everything else. I'm sure most everyone of you can relate. And that's why you should do like me and contact Thomas Chandler today. He's your local Modern Woodman representative, and he'll get you right for retirement or savings or whatever you need. He's done it for me. He'll do it for you. What does modern woodman do though? You might ask financial security for you and your family through life insurance, financial planning and financial services, quality family life through member benefits and local fraternal activities and community impact through volunteer projects that make a difference where members live, work and play. It's time to get rid of your financial burden. Contact Thomas Chandler, 662 296 0186. That's 662 296 0186. Or you can check him out at www.modernwoodman.org. www.modernwoodman.org. That's Thomas Chandler, your Modern Woodman representative. Joining me now on the Modern Woodman phone line is Michael Thompson, Deputy AD for External Relations and Business Development. I have no clue what that title means, Michael. When did it stop being communications? What is a deputy AD for external relations and business development?
2: Uh, I, you know, I don't know. Uh, that's a good question. I wonder when that happened. Um, it was right around the time when Stephen Ponder left, which been I don't know, maybe two and a half years ago, three years ago. Man, it's been um, that long. Yeah, I yeah, know. It's sometimes it feels like a few hours, and sometimes it feels like a decade. I think that's kind of. I think. I think. I'm, I think I've been here nine years now which is, again, sometimes feels like forever, and sometimes it feels like just a few minutes.
1: Well, it's interesting at Ole Miss right now, as far as the leadership is concerned, Ross Bjork is off to Texas A&M. Keith Carter's the interim AD. you got an interim chancellor. What's it like leadership-wise right now? Operationally, are y'all business as usual, or has anything changed, really? What's it like
2: over there right now? I mean, it's uh, it's, it's certainly different. It's, it's funny you asked me that. My son asked me that last night, my 7-year-old. He's oh. like, what's it like? with? He, uh, so he's got he said, better, with, he's with, got just as
1: good, if not better interview <laughs> skills than me. Yeah. Okay. So,
2: so I'm actually prepared for this question because he, he asked me that, except he said it. Uh, he said, what's, <laughs> I don't know, it may just be funny to me. It's like, what, what's it like with Master Ross being gone? And I was oh. like, Master <laughs> Ross, like, <laughs> okay. when did you start calling him Master Ross? I was like, well, Master Keith is 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 awesome, you know? Uh, I told, I told my phone, I was like, it's, it's, it's certainly different. Um, uh, and change is, is always that way. Um, but Keith is, Keith is an incredible leader. He's, a, he's, a, he's one of those natural born leaders, um, that you, it's, it's pretty rare. I mean, and you can see his leadership ability. You can see it when he was a student athlete, you can see it when he was, you know, raising money, you know, that's what he was doing. You can see it when he's, when he's serving, um, as interim ad. So Ross has laid such a great foundation that, that, um, it's, it's been really smooth as, as Keith has come in and, you know, picked up where Ross has left off, but also adding, um, a lot of w- what Keith is about. And, and so it's, it's, I mean, it's been smooth. I think that the hardest part of the whole thing, um, I would say is just the timing Uh, You know, in just the way that the the academic year works and athletics departments and um, our national conventions and stuff like that, you know, a lot of that happens in in June. And so when it happened um, in late May like that, it it was people were scattered travel wise. Um, And that was I think that was probably the hardest part. I think I think I may have been out of the office for meetings and I had a vacation in there um uh for like two or two weeks like right after it and so you're kind of removed physically from from the building and it makes it it makes it hard to kind of stay you know involved and make sure everybody is 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 feeling good and comfortable and, and ready to keep pushing forward but other than that it's it's, it's been really really smooth Keith is going to be he is excellent at this
1: did you have any idea that Ross was looking around were you blindsided when you heard the news
2: um, I sure was. Yeah, I, I was. I, I was blindsided. I think. Um, I think that he would say that. In some ways, he was. He was blindsided. It happened extremely fast. Um, from when, from when the you know the discussion took place, I think with them, to when um, he was offered the job. If I remember right, it was within a 24 hour period uh, when he had met with them, and and then less than 24 hours later was was offered the job, which is which is a quick turn. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think that, um, I think everybody was, was really, uh, was really blindsided.
1: When you look at overall where things are now, what have you learned? What has the athletics department learned over the course of the last four years, really, as far as what the fans want and what you're trying to give them and all that kind of stuff?
2: Yeah, that's a gr- that's a great question. I mean, what I think, you had know, to kind of break it down into a couple of different compartments, um, most important thing that we've learned is that this this brand this um, this place and, and even when I say the word place it, it it just it just scratches the surface of what Ole Miss is and um, it's so hard to describe it's so hard to put into words what Ole Miss is. I mean, I, I graduated from here. I've kind of my dad went here, my uncles went here, I, I, my grandfather went here. I, I've known Ole Miss has kind of been in my DNA for a long time. Um, but even for people that, that, uh, I can, I'm trying to think in my mind, I can think of like four or five people just on our staff that when they, when they started working here, they had no ties to Ole Miss whatsoever. And the, the, the hooks are in deep. I mean, they're, th- these are people that are from all over the country that are like, this is, there's no place I'd rather be than right here. Um, so there's something about Ole Miss that, that is, incredibly strong on its own, incredibly attractive and, and something that is just, it's just alluring. And I, and I it's really, really hard to, to put into words. Um, and so I think that the, the thing that when you go through all, all of the change that we've gone through and a lot of the, the hardships, just just the, the, what seems like a, a kind of constant barrage of, of, of attacks from all different kinds of places. Um, you really learn how strong you are. And, um, this brand is, is incredibly powerful. Um, it runs very, very deep and to go through the hardships and be able to come out on the other side and be able to confirm that is it's, it's rewarding. You know, it's, there's just, there's just this like, Hey, if we can get through this, then we can get through anything. You know, it kind of is this confirmation that, um, uh, there's something really special here. So, I mean, I think that's probably, probably one compartment. I, I think that, there's a there's a there's certainly a personal compartment to this too, um, whereas it when you when you do think about leaders and, and 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 ads and things like that in in the moment you you don't uh, or at least I didn't um, really think about uh, an athletic department without Ross or you know what I mean like you just it just doesn't. Yeah, that kind of stuff doesn't enter your mind and so you know this is uh, I think I was here for maybe 18-20 months um, um, with Pete and then and so I was so green then that that that, that transition was um, I mean I I just didn't really I guess I would say I just hadn't experienced it so um, and I wasn't here long enough with Pete to where it really made a difference but I mean Ross and I were, were we worked together for a long time um, and so I, I, think that, that it was eye opening for me just about this, uh, under about, about this business and, um, uh, you have to be able to adapt and adapt to, to others and, um, adapt to not just other people, changing trends and in, in athletics and, and in college sports in general. So, um, I mean, there's, you know, we could talk about all different kinds of compartments and, and things that, that we've learned, but, um. You know, and there's another one you want to specifically get, I'm happy to address. So those are kind of the two that, that really jump out.
1: Well, in the NCAA investigation, this is the last time I'm ever going to talk about it. I'm just so sick of talking about it. <laughs> I get asked about it constantly, but I haven't talked to you about it. I hadn't asked you about it. And there's always one question I wanted to ask you. I've asked it to Ross and to Keith and to a number of different people on the air when it comes to conveying the message. When you see how North Carolina handled their deal or Missouri handled their deal, whoever it might be, communications-wise, if the NCAA came knocking again, would you handle it any different?
2: Uh, yeah, I think we hit a lot different. Yeah, th- that's one of those um, that yeah. When, when you when you do do a debrief on on a, on a case like that, I, I would say that we um, that would be the the biggest thing that I, I would have done differently just from 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 my role and whether or not I would have had a control to do it or not I, that remains to be seen. But I, I think that it would have uh, certainly been something that I, I would have been a huge advocate for. Even if it meant we were breaking some some rules or or going against you know uh, doing something the really told us not to do, and um, I think that the other the other I, I guess to put it this way, we would have been far more um, proactive in in updating people about where we were um, in um, um, communicating some of the the the. I guess, facts of, of the case, we probably wouldn't have been able to try the case in public, you know? Um, but we would have, we would have been more proactive in communicating the case. And keep in mind, this is what I'm saying. We would be doing is, is exactly what the NCAA is saying. You better not do. Um, but I think that, that it becomes more of a, well, I mean, we have to do this. So get over it. type deal. It's not, it's not, you know, it's not like we're, we're racking up additional charges. um, but it's something that we've got to do because if you don't talk and there is a vacuum like that, then someone's going to fill the vacuum. And, and even if they fill it with, with incorrect information, which in in many, many cases in our cases, many times is what happened. um, If that incorrect information gets uh, repeated over time and enough with enough frequency, then it's, it's nearly impossible after the fact with, accurate information to change the perceptions of people. It has become so hardwired in someone's thoughts that it can't, it can't be changed. They, they literally will not believe you. If you, if you tell them that, no, here are the facts. The case they, It's it's very hard for our brains to, to kind of rewire and look at something that we um, um, have believed to be something else the whole time. Does that make sense? Know. No. Yeah.
1: Well, here's the deal with it with me operating in good faith with the NCAA is dumb from the get go because they're not operating in good faith. They tell you, "Don't do this, don't do this." You better not do this. Well, they're still going to punish you any way they want to. And they were leaking like a sieve to national reporters, basically getting out their version of events. So, from Ole Miss's standpoint, next time publicly, if they came calling again, screw protocol and operating in good faith. They're not going to. We've got to protect the brand, and that's the most important thing.
2: Yeah, I don't think I think it's it's. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head, and I, I I would also venture to say that the way that some of the, especially Missouri, Missouri have it after us, and there's plenty of cases that are, you know, ongoing now. Um, I, I I think that in in conference rooms and AD's offices, um, especially in the in the SEC, um, I think that you're going to see ADs talking with their with their legal counsel and some of the almost tried to do it the by the, by the book. I mean, tried to follow the, the rules when it comes to this and, and it didn't, it didn't help them. And um, not only did it not help them, it, it created that vacuum of information, um, which then creates a real long uphill battle um, afterwards when it comes to um, not just rebuilding the brand nationally, but rebuilding the brand within your own fan base and, and re confidence and trust in um, leadership. And so it's, it, you've got other, other schools that are using us probably as an example of, we can't go that way because it, it you know, the incident has shown that it doesn't necessarily, you know, provide to be uh, uh, fruitful. You know what I mean? Um, but it, it's, you also have to look at every single case differently. Um, you know, Missouri, they, if you look at their, their case, objectively, they played they they played it by the by the book. Um, they did everything by the book. Uh, it Leading up to the to the ruling and what happened at the ruling. I mean, God, you know, yeah. You know, I don't know what I can say publicly, but I, I, I think that, that they probably got hammered, right? I mean, for, yeah. for, for for what for you know, when you think about punishment fitting the crime, I think that um, uh, that's that was a, a very shocking outcome. Uh, and now, how they reacted to it is is certainly different than how we reacted to ours. Um, but again, the the case is different. They had a, a very small number of, of of allegations. We we had over twenty, unfortunately.
1: How often, when you went to a Rebel road trip or wherever, when you're meeting Ole Miss fans, were you bombarded with NCAA stuff? And what was the most challenging aspect of that? I guess.
2: Well. Um, <laughs> When you talk about like six years, I'm trying to think of how many that would have been like five rubber road trips. We had yeah. a town hall meeting run in there. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I. It's incredibly hard to have a to have a to to be um, trained in a job that then you cannot use those skills to do. Um, you know what I mean? Like you, it's it's a it is a one hand tied behind or both hands tied behind your back kind of mentality where if golly leaders sometimes, and I probably have said it to uh, privately to people that I, I really trust, like really unloaded about it. Cause if you don't, you're going to explode. Um, just the frustration of, of uh, the whole, the whole deal. Um, but you want to say it. I mean, you want to say it publicly. You want to go on the record. You want to, you want to, you want to do it. And Ross, the same way, Ross and I lamented many times um, uh, about, about it and just the frustration of, we just want to tell the world about, about this and how we feel about it. But, um, you always got this, you know, Hey, you can't, you can't do that. Can't do that. Can't do that. Um, so it's very, very frustrating. It was very frustrating, um, in those kind of open forum type scenarios, uh, to have to skirt to have to, to have to, you know, go around issues that, that you want to address head on, but the time, uh, wasn't right and and that's 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 a very hard and very very frustrating uh, predicament to be in especially for 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 people who want to naturally communicate with people
1: I don't want to talk about the NCAA stuff anymore that's the last of it yeah it's not oh, man yeah,
2: I, yeah it's, it's Ole Miss awesome.
1: football has got a clean slate there are no restrictions anymore what is the challenge do you think over the next five to ten years in growing the brand growing the fan base it seems like retention is a real problem with attendance. So how do you continue to grow the brand and fan base of Ole Miss? We'll get right back to Michael Thompson. But first, let me tell you about Grove Sharks tailgating and the Lamar, Oxford's first and only traditional neighborhood. The Ole Miss football season has arrived. It's here. And Grove Sharks tailgating can take care of all your game day needs. Locally owned and operated, Grove Sharks tailgating specializes in tent rentals and setup packages that can accommodate parties and gatherings of all sizes. For more information, visit Grove Sharks tailgating at grovesharks.com and like them on Facebook at Grove Sharks or contact owner Eric Trimble at 662-816-3493. The Lamar, Oxford's only traditional neighborhood, is under construction. Brought to you by John Welty Realty. A traditional neighborhood means right where you live. A grocery store, a brewery, restaurants, shops, all within walking distance of your front door. But what about the houses? custom high-end spec houses beautiful finishes open concept modern two-story houses if you're looking for a three-bedroom a two-bedroom a one-bedroom you'll find a fit with any of these three spacious layouts get in with a lamar right now build out is happening for more information contact john welty at john at john welty that's john at john welty or give him a call at 662-23-HOMES 662-23-HOMES and now Back to talk of champions.
2: Yeah, I mean it's it, there's there's no silver bullet. I can tell you that. It's um and, and building a brand is, is never about a silver bullet. It's about a a a long, you know, um or uh, relatively long period of time where, where people experience what Ole Miss is and through lots of different touch points, even if it's from online to sitting in the stands at a volleyball game, sitting in the stands at a football game. Um, it's 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 building on all those experiences and creating this this consistency inside the mind of of, of our fans inside the mind of of potential fans um, about what Ole Miss is, is, and the the it's a that's a it's a challenge because it does take time. Um, um, it's something that we've been doing for a long time, um, and something that that we took a lot of pride in as far as our experience, especially when it comes to being um, in our venues and, 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 you know, experiencing the the game day at many different sports, basketball, baseball, football, whatever. Um, so we have to keep doing that. We have to keep, uh, we have to keep making that a priority and delivering a game day experience that is, that is second to none, wins people over, gets people talking, gets people bringing friends and neighbors, you know, cousins back to, um, a game. And keep introducing Ole Miss to, to people that have never been introduced to Ole Miss. So that's that's kind of this ongoing, you know, umbrella piece that we that we that we cannot take our eye off that ball. Um, and we'll talk about some of those, I guess, some of the game day improvements that that would that would fall in those in that category too. But one of the things that's 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 been a, a challenge, I, I think, um, for us in particular is everyone knows about the, the trends in college football and the trends in sports in general um, with just the incredible living room experience that we have um, with massive flat screen TV. Yeah, it's and, hard to compete um, with a
1: 65 inch 4k HD TV and a bunch of beer in the cooler and the refrigerator.
2: Well, it is. So you have, you have that, you have that, that, that trend, you know, and, and they've gotten so inexpensive. I mean, the, the, to buy one of them, it's just it's incredible um, how affordable these have become. But then you, when you combine it with the um, the fact that we are distributing every single one of our events onto that television, I mean, I'm talking from soccer to to volleyball to softball to baseball to football. I mean, like you can consume an Ole Miss game on in your living room of any sport you want, um, and and you can do it on your own time. You can do it in air conditioning. You can do it with with beer. You can do it with, you know, uh, you know your own parking spot and covered, um, your own restrooms, all of that stuff. Um, and 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 so that that creates. I mean, we we given it access um, to to our events uh, through you know these other mediums. And so and that's that's not just us. I mean, that's everyone is seeing this this trend. But when you put it with the when you combine that trend or overlay that trend with the, the challenges that, that we went through, um, specifically with, um, uh, Kali, I wouldn't even know where to start on, the, on some of those challenges we talked about in Jubilee, but there were others in there. Um, uh, it, it, it creates a perfect storm and, um, it's something that, that you have to batten down the hatches and, and just weather you, you have to just keep fighting and, and digging and, and, you know, you can't, can't quit you've got to keep going um and doing everything you that you've got power to do to to you know again make those experiences that people will um have make them as as good as they possibly can be i mean you just got to keep taking care of those fans keep taking care of those customers um whether it's on a you know a phone call to an 800 number or you know coming in the gates at the pavilion you have to just keep doing it keep creating positive experiences for people Um, and just get through it
1: winning cures all at the end of the day but fans have been critical of the football atmosphere i'm critical of the baseball atmosphere we can have that discussion anytime you want to but how do you go about fixing (laughs) a football atmosphere when a team is essentially rebuilding how do you create excitement
2: well there are the atmosphere is made up of of so many different components um and you have to look at each component and and, and and make sure that it is firing on absolute all cylinders. And then as you look, as you get one component going, you get another component going, you get another component going, and they really do fit together. I think that one of the components that when it comes to atmosphere, let's just take atmosphere out for a minute, because atmosphere is, is, is a humongous part of, of the overall experience, but it's, there are other parts of an experience that are, that, that, help build your brand atmosphere is definitely a a huge one so we look at atmosphere um i think that that uh most people would agree that um there's there's a nucleus of of uh creating a great atmosphere and that's the students there's something about a student section in a stadium that becomes the the lead for everyone else um in that stadium It kind of set the tone um for how this game is going to be what kind of home field advantage we're going to have. And, um, and, and right now we've, we've, we've like the last two or three years is we've struggled. We've struggled with, um, engaging the students while they're there. We've struggled with getting the students there early. We've struggled with keeping them there. Um, there's just, there's no question about, about that. Um, we have tried, um, we have tried countless um, things, whether they're, you know, positive reinforcement to negative reinforcement to um, we just have tactically tried tons of different things. We, we did um, several focus groups um, this summer and uh, with students and we've got uh, we've got something that we're going to announce hopefully at the end of the week, maybe first part of next week um, that will uh, we hope really Generate some some interest and some engagement uh, with our student section and get them uh, get them really in the game. They've got to be the, the the nucleus of that atmosphere, and everybody else will 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 kind of take their lead. But if the student section is quiet, odds mm-hmm. are the rest of the stadium is going to be quiet, and we, we can't have that. We only get seven home games. We have to make sure that that we have an advantage when we play about Anyway, there's no no doubt about that. Um, so that's that's one one big one big piece I think of getting the atmosphere back and we've got to do things um, when it comes to things we can control uh, to help do that. We've got to, we've got to eliminate things that, that um, uh, impede a, a kind of a, a a building of atmosphere, a building of, of excitement. Uh, I know one of the things that that we are uh, that we've changed in the off season is we're drastically reducing the number of on-field presentations that, that we have done. Um, they uh, they have just begun to, you know, not only can, can sometimes it be really boring, they just they can take a, a, a heated moment and and just kind of prick the balloon and, and pop it. And so um, we, you know, right after this, this past season, um, a bunch of us sat in a room and we went through, two or three different game scripts, um, uh, when it comes to like a, a, game presentation standpoint. And we went through every single line, um, and said, what does this do for the experience? What how, do, do we need to do this? Is something that we're contractually obligated to do is this something that, um, that, that we've just done as a favor is it we went through every single thing, line by line. and said, how can we make this better? If we have to do it, how, how, how do we make it better? How do we make it to where it's, it's less, um, it's less negatively impacting um, the atmosphere where it is because the the thing that most people don't realize about game scripts is that, that you don't, they're, they're not so flexible that um, you can just kind of pick and choose on the fly when to, when to do this sponsor, you know, element or do this, this presentation. You can't say, Oh, it's third down. They just called a timeout. Let's not do any of this stuff. You can do that a little bit, but not, you know, not for an entire game. So what's going to happen is you'll end up, you know, missing uh, half the stuff that, that you need to actually get into the game. Um, but we went through all, all of that, went through every single video board element, um, basically looking for the things like, hey, is this tired? Is this stale? The, what, what, can we put, what can we swap? What can we put in that's brand new that, um, uh, that will, again, not burst the, the atmospheric bubble uh, for lack of a, of a better term and do things that like, look, we don't know when this thing is going to run in the, in the game, like what the situation of the game is going to be, but just assume that it's going to be third down for, in our defenses on the field. And so how do we, how do we mitigate as much of the the um, bubble bursting as, as you possibly can, even though you can't guarantee it, but how do you, how do you mitigate it as much as you possibly can? Um so, there's just lots of different things we could talk about music we could talk about uh, all different the bands
1: yeah ben's one unsolicited suggestion would be to stop playing i saw the light kills the vibe you know it's funny it,
2: it, it's um we we've got a uh i don't know how much is out out necessarily out there about this we we've got a um we developed a like a fan panel um, um, it's called the Rebel one hundred and that's one of the things that uh, we're, we're going to test with this group um, uh, and see, cause it, it actually got brought up in that group um, and it was pretty split. Uh, if I remember right, there are a lot of people that love it. And, and I'm surprised. Thing, ben, that, I'm shocked. Yeah. There's all right. Here, all right but look, don't, don't be, don't be too shocked. Think about it like this. Um, there There are a lot of things that we used to do that we don't do anymore. Um, and and that that uh, should say this were the fans would say that they were taken away. Um, and it is it's very hard right now to remove things that are um, at least fifty fifty, you know uh, of of fan support because, it, it becomes a. This is not what I'm used to. This is why is everything so new? What happened to the stuff that we used to do? Traditions, so there, there you is can say this. it. Traditions. You, well, you but, but but you have to you have to you have to keep that into into account. Now, there's some things that that you do that don't work and you don't do them anymore. Like the the Tony coming out at the the, the first spin at the at the beginning of the game. Leave it being out. we're not doing it anymore. Like it just didn't it didn't work um i think that that you have to be ready to try something and if it doesn't work not do it again um and that's one of those cases but you you've got other it was called traditions that are relatively new i mean lock the vault i mean lock the vault we started i think seven seven years ago oh, wow. so, I mean, that's, that's what it, yeah i mean it comes as new like i mean when it comes to something being a tradition that's a relatively new tradition and there were people, man, after year one of Lock the Vault, they're like, stop doing this. It doesn't work. It's embarrassing, you know? And, and, but that was one of those that like we, we could sense enough participation. Like, look, it's year one. Let's see if, let's see if year two, it gets better. And sure enough, it did. And now, I mean, if we were to take Lock the Vault out, it, it people would lose their minds. And, and it's a great, it's a great, you know, uh, new tradition. Uh, it's kind of an oxymoronic, but it, it is, it's a great new tradition. Um, the I am an illness rebel, uh, at the end of the, uh, um, and the, right near the kickoff video, same sort of deal. That's seven years old, I think. Um, but that's, that's really starting to, 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 um, get more legs without the, throughout the entire stadium, not just the students. So it's, it's, how do you, there's a balance of how do you introduce new things without, without it um, feeling like it's a brand-new experience that's, that's void of, of, of the traditions that, that people are looking for. So it's, it's you kind of thread the needle a little bit.
1: You brought up Tony. It's been about a year now since Tony the land shark mascot was unveiled. How would you go about assessing year one, and is there anything you would have done differently? Before that answer from Michael Thompson, a quick word on the Oxford Park Commission and Cheney's Pharmacy. The Oxford Park Commission is currently registering for youth flag football in the fall baseball season. Leagues are open for ages 6 to 12 in football and 6 to 15 in baseball. Cost to sign up for football is $50, while it's just $40 for baseball. Each sport will be played at FNC Park. For more details, visit www.oxfordparkcommission.com. That's www.oxfordparkcommission.com. For all your pharmaceutical needs, Cheney's Pharmacy is the place to go. Cheney's offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive through and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance it's a locally owned pharmacy that has been in oxford over 40 years cheney's pharmacy provides the best customer service out there so give them a call 662-234-7221 or go visit them at 501 bramlett boulevard that's right off of university avenue they're open 9 a.m to 9 p.m monday through saturday and 1 p.m to 9 p.m on sundays you can find them online at cheneyspharmacy.com cheney's pharmacy much more than just a pharmacy
2: man I'm talking about mascot and NCAA. Um, so what would you expect, Beth? Uh, uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know that's exactly right. Um, I, you know, I think that that it is weird. Most most people in in my position w- would not have um, something to compare to. Um, I unfortunately do. Um, when because <laughs> I was I was here uh, on my I think it was my second my second week on the job. Yeah, uh, that's when the the uh, rebel the bear. Mascot was selected. And then they, they, when you retire, pulled. you're they never going to want
1: to talk about mascots ever again. Yeah.
2: And, and, and so that one was so different um, because we, we, we had to launch it so differently because it was just so incredibly divisive uh, right out of the gate um, that, that it had to be kind of a slower. Okay. Let's, 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 I mean, we can't, he can't go in the grove. I mean, we're like all, oh, we can't do a lot of stuff on, um, on field and certainly not the video board. And, um, so that was such a a challenge because it was just incredibly divisive from the get go. Tony was so different because we actually had an opportunity to, to, to make a big splash, to have a kind of a grand entrance type, type, um, um, you know, unveiling and things like that. And, um, that, so we so we did we launched it that way strategically. I mean we did it meet the rebels and did you know all the all the bells and whistles that, that you would want. We we launched it the same day with a, a a licensing program with you know three new marks and um, really it was kind of one of those things where we were trying to say look we're all in. I mean like if you can't tell we're all in on this then then you're not then you're not looking um, because we, we made a big deal out of it both with the the, the the mascot character himself, but also with the kind of the ancillary programs that go around it, um, and I, I've I've been so so pleasantly um, happy with, uh, pleased with the um, the amount of, of the licensing stuff that, that that we're seeing. The marks have taken off. Um, that we we needed we 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 needed some new um, some new imagery. Um, uh, in our, in our kind of our licensing, uh, toolbox. And, and they, they put a a big shot the arm for us. And it's just great to see people, you know, pick, you know, I like the, the, you know, this logo or that logo, and they've got some choices and, um, that's been awesome. I think that the hardest part on, on the costume itself is, you know, um, you take something that, and, and we talked about this, before launch, even when the students came to us or, and said, "Like, hey, we want to, we want to do this mask actually, listen, here's here, here, here's the one thing you got to remember is, Land has been in people's imagination for years now, and every single person you put sixty four thousand people in that stadium, and if they were to all have some drawing skills, I bet you you'd have sixty four thousand different drawings, right? I mean, because everyone in their mind has just a it, their minds a different imagination. And so, as as soon as and we were telling the students this, as soon as you make it something like official, it's 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 not gonna it's not gonna be consistent with many of the people's imaginations. And so, you, you that's just a risk that you run, and it's just one of those things you just almost like a necessary evil. Um, it's, there's no way you can design a costume that's going to fit what everyone um, had in their mind. And people already had something in their mind because it wasn't brand new. I mean, Landshark, the idea was something that had been around for years. Um, and so when when we, I mean, we went through, golly, uh, focus groups and and all kinds of things in, in costume development and 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 things like that. But then when you launch, you just have to be ready for the people who are like, yeah, it's not at all what I was thinking it would look like.
1: That was my whole deal, because I absolutely loved the concept. Uh, I'd actually been doing this podcast for two years before the students came forward about this, and Kentrell Lockett was the former co-host, and we both said, man, make the shark of the mascot and call him Tony and put 47 on him. So all of that, we were all in. my whole uh, problem with it is I just expected a big cartoon, I guess. And when he came out, I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Things are fine.
2: Yeah, I mean, so the the – that was certainly in the, in the early concept meetings, it was a, what, what kind of direction do we want to go. And one of the things that we, that you'll see more of this year, that's in line with why we went the way that we went, um, uh, is, is having, having a, a costume that is very, very, um, flexible for stunts and things like that. Especially like when you think about basketball and when you think about some of the, the, mascots out there that do you know trampoline dunks and stuff like that you, you it's very hard to do that very hard to perform and 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 some of the more traditional bulkier mascot costumes um they, they need to be much more agile and and visibility is, is is really really important um so yeah there's it's just like this kind of give and take of what do you want the mascot to be able to do what do you want the costume to how, how do you want it to be able to perform um and, and you have to just kind of, again, you have to just, just try to give and take on what are the things that, that you want to be able to do and what are the sacrifices that you have to make. And all, some of it is, is, is well, all of it is, is so subjective at this point. You could go with a very, very traditional, just plush, you know, big headed felt shark. You certainly do that. Um, uh, but that's, that's not strategically what, what, uh,
1: what our team decided to do you know well last one some schools have moved quickly to push forward with alcohol sales you speak about game day and improvements and getting fans into seats but Ole miss opted not to move forward um, is that a decision that maybe an interim ad interim chancellor didn't want to make and put the next regime in a situation where they might need or want to take something away or if not what was the reasoning for not selling this year and might we see alcohol sales in time for basketball and baseball?
2: Well, I, I mean, I think that, that you certainly could um, see see it uh, see it for for basketball, and baseball. Um, nothing nothing's finalized yet. I, you know, I, I think that I got to be careful how I talk about it um, because it's still an ongoing discussion. I'll say this: there are just a lot there are a lot of there are a lot of players in this, um, and um, it's 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 a it's a big decision. And, um, on campus it impacts a lot of different areas of campus and so um, the, the, the thing to do is to get is to get buy-in and get everyone on the exact same page um, ahead of time and that's and that's basically the process that, that we've been in. We've been doing a, a lot of planning and prep work um, uh, for it a lot of research on it um, and and other other parts of campus have, have are also doing. Um research on different different parts of it, and you know looking at at operations and and risk and all of those different things. Um, I, I do think that it's inevitable that um, that it's coming. I think it's just a matter of time, that's my opinion. Um, that's I'm not speaking for for the department, but I, I think it's inevitable. I think that that it's something that um, that college football and college sports has needed um for a long time and i think that there's a lot of data out there that shows that um it actually can, can make for a safer environment um and it can reduce the amount of binge drinking that's happening um i, I think for us it's it's uh it's even um uh, it has a little bit of a, of a of a different wrinkle when you combine the grove uh and it being so close to the stadium um, and what you can do you know, in the Grove when it comes to alcohol, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's in some ways <laughs> the Wild Wild West. And, and so when that, when that area is so close to the stadium, um, if, if the stadium is not, I guess if, if they're not able to uh, regulate and, and sell in a safe environment, it just makes the Grove all that more attractive um, even during the middle of the game. And we've done, we, we did uh, in, in the student focus groups that I was talking about earlier, uh, that was, we were talking to a lot of them about, about, you know, not just coming to the game at all, but, but really the, the halftime exit that you see. And it's, there are a lot of different factors for why, but, but one of the things is just like, hey, I'm going to go back to the Grove and, and make a drink and kind of get ready to go out. And so um, there's just, you know, there's a lot of different factors involved. I, but I think that that, that you're going to, I hope, to see some movement on it on it pretty soon.
1: He's Michael Thompson, Ole Miss Deputy AD for External Relations and Business Development. Still don't know what that title means, but hey, we'll go with it. Thanks for doing this, man. I appreciate it. We'll do it again.
2: Anytime, Ben. Take care, man. That
1: was Michael Thompson, Ole Miss Deputy AD for External Relations and Business Development. This is Talk of Champions, powered by B&A Bank. I don't know about you. But I want my banking made simple, and I certainly want to trust the people who've got my money. Well, if you're like me, BNA Bank is where you need to go. Maybe you're a student just starting out. You don't know much about personal banking or business banking, loan services. Well, I tell you who does. BNA Bank. Be it Mike Staten, Bo Collins, Vance Witt, my buddy Bob Spencer. These are friends of the podcast, Ole Miss fans, sure, but more importantly. They care about you. They're going to take care of you. They're going to make sure that your banking experience is done flawlessly, comfortably, and with trust and respect. With a five-star rating from Bauer Financial and an excellent rating from Weiss Ratings, BNA Bank is recognized as one of the strongest financial institutions in the country. But where can you find them? How about BNABank.com. Or give them a call, 662 534 8171 662 534 8171 BNA's main office and two branch offices are located in New Albany, my hometown, with another branch located in Myrtle, two branches in Tupelo and Lee County, Mississippi, and one loan production office in Oxford. Where you put your money matters, and the only place to put your money, the only place that Ben Garrett puts his money, is BNA Bank. So check them out, bnabank.com, 662-534-8171. There's no other place. They've helped me, they'll help you. Tell them Ben Garrett of Talk of Champions sent you. And now, back to Talk of Champions. All right, Nate, before we get out of here, the 2020 schedule was released on Wednesday, and I gave it a once-over. I saw three wins, Southeast Missouri, second game of the year, Georgia Southern, Middle Tennessee, but man alive, that September slate is tough. Baylor in Houston, Auburn at home, at LSU, and then when October rolls around, you get Alabama at home, Vanderbilt on the road, Vanderbilt's always tough
0: for Ole Miss. What do you think of the schedule? I think what immediately jumped out to me was that three-week stretch from September 19th to October 3rd, Yeah, Auburn at home, at LSU, Alabama at home. Damn, that's a gauntlet. Auburn, I mean, who knows where Auburn will be, but at LSU and Bama? Whew,
1: For uh, the love of God, can Ole Miss stop playing Mississippi State on
0: Thanksgiving? No one likes thought- Mississippi State on Thanksgiving. No one does. Wasn't that like a three-year thing? I thought it was a three-year thing, and I saw the 2020 schedule and I was like, Sheesh, that's Thanksgiving again. What like why? I don't know. I, I, it was a thing
1: forever in the nineties, in the early two thousands, then it stopped because cooler heads and smarter heads prevail. But yet here we are again.
0: It's almost like they want it to be a make it a national thing, and it's always a fun game. But if you're from I don't know, Illinois, you're watching the NFL on Sunday. You're not watching Ole Miss yeah. and Mississippi State or on Thanksgiving.
1: And no one wants to be spoiling their holiday with that game. But I'm not going to sit here and bitch <laughs> and moan about the Egg Bowl on Thanksgiving too much. You're right. That gauntlet of Auburn at LSU-Alabama, that could make or break you early. How you hang in those games. Can you win one or two of those games? Two is going to be a tough call, but... Can you win one yeah. of those games of the three? And when you do lose to inevitably Alabama or LSU or Auburn or all of them, can you hang in there? Can you be competitive? And that's something that matters now. Ole Miss has no longer got the excuse of NCAA sanctions, coordinators that weren't hired by Matt Luke, whatever you want to put as something that was holding Ole Miss back. It doesn't have that anymore. So if you're looking at the schedule – You think about this year, why do six wins matter? You need to show that you're making progress, you got momentum, and then when you go into those games, make up the ground that you otherwise lost for three years. Alabama could have set its score. It could have scored 100 if it wanted to. Mississippi State in the Egg Bowl could have scored 70 if they wanted to. No longer can that be the case. Ole Miss can't be the placemat, the walking mat of the SEC. It can't be that way anymore. Ole Miss probably loses to Arkansas last year if not for Arkansas's quarterback getting hurt. They won one game with all that talent. This is now the time to show that, yes, it was Wesley mcgriffin Longo. Yes, it was the NCAA sanctions. Yes, it was all these things. Those things have been corrected. Now go be competitive because when 2020 rolls around, they're going to be higher expectations, much higher than this year, and the schedule's harder.
0: Yeah, it is harder. And I think the first of those three-game stretch, that game against Auburn here in Oxford – I think that's the one you have to win, right? Have to. we don't we know Alabama is they'll replace to uh, whatever they'll be Alabama. a game at LSU it's a game at LSU. That's hard as hell. I think you have to look at that Auburn game and man, if you don't beat Auburn, the the early season just looks rough.
1: You gotta beat Baylor. How many times now in a row oh. has Ole Miss started a season where it has to win its opener? And it's a toss-up. Yeah. You usually see teams play Kent State, Murray State. But Ole Miss has had Texas Tech, Memphis, and now Baylor in 2020. I don't know what it is, but Ole Miss loves to open tough. Chill with that. Give yourself cupcakes in your non-con and worry about the SEC. They did that for the most part. Three out of four games are cupcakes. Middle Tennessee, Georgia Southern, Southeast Missouri. There's a higher floor for Ole Miss next year with its schedule. This year, the floor is not so high. They could go 2-10. and 10, But next year, the floor is you're going to win three games. But you want to do better than that. You want to win four more. And not allowing yourself an automatic win because you scheduled Baylor, it's a bizarre choice. It's a fun game, I guess. It does you no favors when you look at that September slate with
0: Auburn at LSU and Alabama. I mean, it's a weird choice, no doubt. For perspective, we should remember that the Baylor game, for example, is something that's scheduled forever ago. And yes. It's also just not act like Baylor's... Good. We don't know if Ole oh, Miss is good could, either. Maybe. Yeah, no clue. But I mean, in all honesty, Baylor's won less games over the last two years than Ole Miss has. Yeah, that's true. They're bad. Yeah, it's a good point. And I mean, you want to talk season opener difficult games. I mean, we have one here in like two weeks. Yeah. It's another game that's just not easy. It's the first game in the schedule, and they go to Memphis. It's gonna tell a lot.
1: My whole thing with Ole Miss this year, and I've said it before, I'll say it again and again and again. I'm weirdly confident about Ole Miss winning five or six games this year, and it's based on nothing.
0: Yeah, I'm not as confident. I'd come to five. Six is tough. The Vegas total was six, just right on the dot. Take your pick, and if I had to go one, I'd go with the under. But I I think six is very, very doable. Seven is very challenging.
1: Yeah, Seven, I'm not so comfortable. If I had to lay my money down right now, if I had to lay down my mortgage right now, I'd go under. I would too. I wouldn't feel great about it. I'd feel better about it than I would being over six.
0: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't bet it. That's a line you completely <laughs> avoid. Oh, absolutely. But here's the thing. <laughs> Memphis, is, Memphis isn't any good. No. You look at it. What is the path to seven? You have to beat Memphis, yes. beat Arkansas. Yeah. You, you, start the, you have to start the year 4-0. You go Memphis, Arkansas, Southeast, Louisiana, Cal. You start the year 4-0, and then you can talk seven because then you get five yeah. with Vandy Six with New Mexico State, and then you just have to steal a game somewhere.
1: Uh, I think it's far more likely they go two and two in their
0: first four than go four and zero. Oh. Eh, two and twos. Yeah, yeah, I actually kind of agree with that. Yeah,
1: they could easily lose to Memphis and <laughs> Cal or Memphis and
0: Arkansas. I mean, I, I, yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't think Cal's very good either. Southeast Louisiana. I mean, God, if you don't beat Southeast Louisiana by forty, it's a problem. But going four and zero, oh, that stretch is not going to be easy by any means.
1: Looking at the SEC slate. Outside of Arkansas, who does Ole Miss have the best chance of beating?
0: It's Vandy, right? Vandy at home, homecoming. Vandy was picked last in the East. Kentucky's going to take a pretty big step back, you would think. But I think it's got to be Vandy. I mean, experienced quarterback, some good skill position players. And obviously, you, you lose to them at their place last year. But if you're looking at one other game that is, I don't know, you don't want to say an easy win, but... The game that you have to win, it has to be Vandy at home. Home come game.
1: If I said Ole Miss is going to win three games in the SEC, go three and five, you have to pick the three, who would they be? Arkansas, Vanderbilt, and who?
0: So it's Arkansas, Vandy, and oof, I guess I would say at Missouri? Yeah. At Auburn? Auburn starts a freshman quarterback regardless of who they go with now, but that's still a game at Auburn. I would probably go with Missouri but I don't feel good about it.
1: Kelly Bryant got hurt in practice recently, hamstring. It's not supposed to be a long-term injury, but that's something to monitor. I don't know what Kelly Bryant's going to be in the SEC. Could be boom, could be bust. We don't know. Matt Corral could be boom, could be bust. If he's bust, whoo boy. Yeah, I would agree with you. If they go 3-5 and in the SEC, those three wins are likely Arkansas, Vanderbilt, and one of Mississippi State. That'll be tough. It's on the road for the Egg Bowl. Or Missouri. That means you have to win one road game, and that's not easy.
0: People talk Texas A&M at home is the other like, SEC game you have to win. Maybe. Man, I don't see that at all. Why not? I, like, I think Kellen Mond is good. I think yeah. Jimbo, like, with now time to implement everything at A&M, I, I think it's mostly just the Kellen Mond thing. I think Kellen Mond's really good at playing football.
1: Before we're done, out there on the practice fields looking around, any players jumping off the field for you?
0: John Rice is the one that I've been most impressed with. I mean, we, we talked about him earlier, just, you know, he's an athlete, but I've been a little impressed with the way that he's thrown the football, just the way it's come off his hand, the way he's been able to throw it on the run with touch, with accuracy. He's He's been the biggest surprise to me through camp for sure.
1: Rich Rod said Wednesday that five practices in, Ole Miss has about 70% or more of its offense in and what it will be. It's not game specific to Memphis yet or anything like that, but 70% of the install, that seems a little ahead of schedule. That's good news. It's moving really
0: fast, that's for sure. And I guess we talked about it earlier when you have a guy like Matt who's just spending time learning football and studying film and doing football and no one else really knows what he likes to do for fun. It makes sense that it's moving faster than Rich Rod or anyone has anticipated they're doing a lot even in practice that we can see, and we can see, I don't know, a third of practice. So, yeah, it's moving pretty, pretty advanced pace for sure.
1: Nick Broker, Jeremy James, two true freshman offensive linemen that are going to have to play. Have you seen anything from them?
0: So, I mean, like I said earlier, the first team line doesn't include any of those guys, and the line hasn't been any different at any point in these three practices that we've seen. It's been the same first team offensive line. And that's with none of the freshmen. That said, there was a point in which today's practice in which the second team offensive line was five freshmen. And that's not five true freshmen. It's a couple red shirts sprinkled in, but you're talking five freshmen. I would say those two kids, uh, Broker and Jaron James, they're big. They're capable of, and you don't see this a lot with offensive linemen that come in and immediately are physically capable to handle the SEC. And maybe they're not yet, but they look the part. They are big enough. They've put on the weight. I think if those guys need to be called on, they're not going to just get manhandled out there.
1: That's the whole question. Can they hold up physically?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what it is. With, I mean, there's the scheme and the technique and all that stuff, but if, if they're coming in at 290 going up against some of these guys in the SEC, they're, they're going to get wrecked.
1: What are you going to do now that your summer's winding down? You got any plans outside of just covering practices? You going to do anything fun?
0: Dude, it's, it's August. It's football season. What else? I don't know. Hard Knocks is fun. I like watching football, man. What do you want? What do you want from me? Okay. Did you do anything <laughs> fun at all this summer period? Yeah, I had a good summer. Went out to the lake for a little bit. Got to see the family. Some. Went up to Nashville, see some friends that still hang out there, still live in town. It's been a good summer. I've been enjoyed it, but I mean, that is winding down quickly. Yeah, it's done. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. What are you working on right now? What am I working on right now? I'm watching the Houston Astros game, just finished up camp report. I mean, we're recording this on Wednesday, so it's wrote road-up camp from today. And those, I don't have anything big in the pipeline right Uh-oh. now, actually. It's kind of, yeah, got to kind of work on that, huh?
1: Yeah. Get off yeah. your ass. Get going. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. yeah. I don't know, man. You always sound <laughs> like you're sad or something's wrong with you every time I talk to you.
0: Nah, dude. I'm in good shape right now. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm living life feel good about life, actually. Good. A little pep in my step trying to eat healthy these days, you know how it is. I'm doing the same thing. What are you doing? Good for you. I mean, I don't have a plan or anything. It's just, for me, it's trying to cook and not, not eat out so much. Eat a few more salads, sprinkle it in there. Nothing too fancy.
1: I'm doing keto again and DDP Oof. yoga.
0: I don't know what that means. What is DDP yoga? You don't know Diamond Dallas Page, the former wrestler? No, I'm not a wrestling oh guy, God. man. Oh, my God. You doing any exercises though? Yeah, a little bit of everything. I think I'm going to try to run a, another half marathon sometime over the winter. So, trying to get back into that. There you we'll see. go. Yeah.
1: He's Nate Gabler at N G A B L E R 4. We got to fix that. He covers old missing preps for the Oxford Eagle. Thanks for doing this, man. I appreciate it. We'll do it again.
0: Yeah, of course, Ben. Anytime, let me know.